you would take your Bibles with me, turn to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers 22. While you're turning there, I want you to think about something with me, and uh, hopefully you'll agree that it, this is a true statement. Your choices reveal what is important to you. I think that's pretty easy to understand. Your choices reveal what is important to you. When I was a kid, I guess I would have been, I don't know, 12 or 13, and uh, we just had our pole barn built. And so there, we called it the approach to the pole barn. There was uh, concrete um, pad on the front, and so we would wash our cars there and all, all kinds of different things. And so we, uh, my brother and I, I forget why, but we were fighting. It's kind of an oxymoron, brothers fight, that's just what they do. But I forget what the purpose was, what the reason was, but nonetheless, he made me mad. And so he would, this was his typical tactic. By the way, my brother's name is Zach, and um, he is a police officer now, so I really can't touch him, but he would do this. He would hurt me really bad and then take off running. And so I would be hurt, limping or something to the effect, and not be able to catch him. Uh, on a fair race, I was usually faster than him just because I'm taller than him. He's five foot six, I'm five foot eleven, so I had longer legs, and so I was a little bit uh, faster than him. But this particular time, he did something to me, and I had a hockey stick in my hand. The best Canadian weapon ever made, right? Instead of swinging at, at him, he takes off running, so there was no chance. So immediately I grab it like this, and I'm just like Saul, the King Saul, and I just like a javelin, I'm getting ready to throw it. And he makes it down the, the steps, almost to the back door, about three quarters away to the back door. And the whole time I'm holding it like this, my dad's saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I do it, and I threw that thing. And I'm not kidding you, the blade was on this end, and the, and the butt was on this end, and it, just, it was just like the perfect spiral. And he's running, and it catches him right here in the arm, right on the elbow. And as soon as I let it go, I was like, oh, no, that was stupid. Hit him right in the elbow. His elbow immediately, like, starts swelling. It was not cool. So immediately, my dad's like, you're in trouble. And I knew I was in trouble. So I go into the house. I, get into the, I go into the bathroom, which was the typical place where we had our meetings, and uh, <laughs> my dad says, all right, I'll make a deal with you. I said, oh, okay. He says, I, and I was spanked, just for the record. I got spanked all the time. If you want to send my parents to jail, go for it, but I got spanked. <laughs> and so he says, you can either receive a spanking for this decision that you made, or our fishing trip is coming up in just a few short days. And I will get you out of the spanking by not going on the, if you don't go on the fishing trip. So most, some of the men have been on that fishing trip with me, and that's the fishing trip of which I'm referring to. My choice was, I'll take the spanking. You know why? Because pain can go away. Fishing, oh, that's a day or two or a week of, of agony thinking I wasn't able to go. So again, your choices reveal what is important to you. Fishing is important to me. I didn't care about the pain of my backside at all. I just wanted to go fishing. I didn't care 
I didn't care if it hurt. I knew I did wrong. I knew I deserved to be punished, but that's the choice that I made. Here we are in our story with Balak, the king of Moab, and Balaam. And here we are beginning to starting, and we realize again last week that, that Balaam is, is ready to go. Balaam is ready to hear and, and say those things that Balak wants him to, to and curse the children of Israel. But God's working behind the scenes and says, no, you're not going. But here we are. God is still in control of things. God is still working on things and we can't see them. But I want you to look at verse 15 of Numbers chapter 22. The Bible says this, And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. So again, if you'll just get this story in your mind, what's going on here is the fact that Balaam says, listen, God said I can't go. I'm not going to go. So he sends them away. They go and come back to Balak and say everything that Balaam had said to them. And so Balak says, no, 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 that's not good enough for me. I'm not just going to lie down and take this. I am going to send princes more and more honorable than they. So he's going to really put the pressure on now. Verse 16. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto, the, unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. Verse 18, And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Verse 19, now, therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to, thee, to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. Verse 21, and Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for the great music. Thank you for the children singing. Thank you for rising again from the dead that we might celebrate that. And Father, that we might uh, uh, um, have hope. Father, without your resurrection, we have no hope. We're so thankful for all that you've done for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Father, we pray that you would help us in this time to, to think about the choices that we make and transforming those things into what you would want. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to preach to you a message this morning, transforming your choices. Transforming your choices. I want to give you three truths about the choices we make. Three truths about the choices we make. Number one, here's the number one truth, man's free will. Man's free will. Every person in this entire room today Will is free to make their own choices. Every person is free to make their own choices. Listen, I can stand up here and I can tell you what you should do and God can tell you what you should do and your wife can tell you what you should do because wives are good at that, right? I've got one brave person. <laughs> wives are good at that. All of us have a free will. And listen, I can go against my wife and I can go against God and I can go against the Bible. Listen, I have a free will. I have the right to make my own choices. I have the right to think the way that I want to think. I have the right to say what I want to say. Listen, there are consequences to every decision you make, but you have the right to do your own thing. You have the free will to make your own choices. We have a mind. 
We have a mind that we can use to make choices. And listen, we have no problem making sense of any of the choices that we make, right? It's funny how our mind, listen, do this. If you're ever struggling with a choice to make, verbalize it. Talk, talk it out loud. It's amazing what happens when you start talking about it. It either sounds ama- more amazing or it sounds absolutely ridiculous. I've had ideas that I've uh, thought about and I thought, oh, this is such a good idea. And I went to my wife and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I thought, what am I talking about? It's just, it, it's amazing that it does that. But listen, we have a mind and we can rationalize and we can make our choices sound good. And if you're like me, most of you could raise your hand and say, listen, there have been choices in my life that I regret making. All of us have made choices that we regret making. Me throwing a hockey stick at my brother, I regret that decision. It was the perfect throw, though. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I can still see it in slow-mo to this day. But I regret it. I hurt my brother, and I got hurt. But here we are. Balaam is exercising his free will. He's doing what it is that he wants to do. Look at verse 18. God has already realized this. God has already told him no. You're not going with the princes of Balaam, or Balak, excuse me. You're not going with them. You are not to do this. Look at verse 18. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Folks, that's a good answer. That's a great answer. Listen, guys, I appreciate you coming here. You've come all this way. But listen, I can't do what God told me not to do. That's a great answer. God has already told him no. But look at verse 19. He's not done. It says, now therefore, I pray you, tarry ye here also this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. You see what he's doing is he's making provision for his flesh. He's like, well, listen, I really like this honor thing that you guys are doing to me. I really like the thought of having a house full of silver and gold. Listen, I, I mean, just, just tarry here tonight and I'll go talk to God again and see if he's got anything more to say. And so he's exercising his free will. Listen, we could rationally find a way to excuse this type of thinking. Most of us would say something to this effect. Well, Balaam just wants to make sure that God meant what he said the first time. We, he just, he, he doesn't, it doesn't hurt to ask twice, does it? Just to make sure, I mean, I mean we don't want to overstep, but at the same time, we, we just want to make sure. Listen, we can rationalize our way out of this, right? And I'm sure Balaam was. And I'm sure we do this all the time. God gives us something very specific, even from his word, and we begin to rationalize and think, well, maybe he didn't really mean that. But in verse 20, God gives his answer. Notice the first thing that God says, and God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, watch this right here, if the men come to call thee. So there's, this is an if-then statement. It's called a conditional statement in grammar. It's conditional. So if, then, let's read the rest of the verse. If they come to call thee, then rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt do. So God places a condition on Balaam. By by the way, every word, I said this in Sunday school, every word in the Bible is important. 
It's there for a reason. God didn't just give this condition for no such reason. He gives it a condition for a reason. Now watch what Balaam does. Look at verse 21. This tells us everything. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Did you read anything in there about the princes coming to him again? No. So every person is free to make their own choices, and Balaam is exercising his free will. What he's doing is, listen, he's got this picture. He's got this picture of fame and wonder and riches and all of this stuff, and he's got this picture, and he's thinking, man, I want that. Man, I want that. That looks so good. I want that so bad. It's exciting to me. I'll just go ask God again. And you know what he hears? He doesn't hear if they come to call you. You know what he hears? He hears go ahead. That's what he hears. Isn't it funny how we have selective hearing? We hear what we want to hear. Isn't it funny how we can dismiss certain parts of a conversation? (laughs) Children are wonderful at this. My kids will often give them ice cream or something after their dinner. And so all they hear though, they say, listen, if you don't hurry up and eat, you're not going to get any ice cream. Or when you guys are finished, you can have ice cream. All they hear is, we're getting ice cream. Maya will lean over to Caleb. Caleb, we get ice cream. Caleb, we get ice cream. No, there's a conditional statement. If you finish your food, you can have ice cream. Children do this all the time. Husbands do this all the time. <laughs> Just the other day, Beth had made a lasagna, and I was to put it in the oven. She had to go to a meeting. She left the house. And as she's leaving, she says, can you put the lasagna in the oven for X amount of time at X amount of temperature? The X is there for a reason because I had no idea what she said. No idea. I don't, I don't, it seemed like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes later, I'm like, I better put that in the oven. <laughs> I have no idea where to put it or what to, I have no idea. So anyway, so I call her. I said, um, how hot was I supposed to put that on? And how, for how long? So she reiterates it, 350 for half an hour. Okay, we can put it in. What she failed to tell me was that you're supposed to take the tinfoil off. I didn't know that. And apparently it cooks not as fast with the tinfoil on or something. So anyway, so I got in trouble for that when she got home. You see, selective hearing. I only heard what I wanted to hear. But this shows where Balaam's importance is in life. And by the way, if you were to ask my wife about that story, she'd say that she's not very important in my life because I don't listen to her. She may be right. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily joking about that. The fact of the matter is we make choices based on what's important to us. And at the time, whatever I was doing was more important than what my wife was saying, which makes that more important than my wife. Listen, this is a huge thing. And right now, here in Balaam's life, he's not listening to God. He's focused more on what's important to him. And listen, you're going to make choices, and you're going to do things, and you're going to exercise your free will based on what's important to you. And I'm not going to say that's necessarily wrong, but folks, the problem with Balaam is when he came over here into his bedroom and was talking to God that night, he wasn't listening. He had selective hearing, and so often we do that. And folks, listen, when God speaks, we need to listen. All he hears and all he's concentrated on is honor 
and money. And he hears the words, go ahead. Every one of us has a free will. And every one of us has God's word easily accessible to them. Every one of us probably has, has the word of God on their phones or a tablet or something that's very easily accessible. Yet we make choices against God, what God says in his word, because it's perhaps important to us. So number one, we see man's free will, but number two, I want you to see God's formative way. God's formative way. Think about this. God uses your decisions to teach you. God uses your decisions to teach you. Now, I want you to think about that. That's not logical. You would think that God would use his decisions to teach you. No, God is so powerful. God is so knowledgeable. God is so amazing that he can take your decisions and he can move them to teach you something. God's formative way. God has a very unique way of getting our attention. Look at verse 22. I love this part of the story. It's so unique. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. Verse 23, and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field, and Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. Watch this in verse 27. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled. And he smote the ass with a staff, and the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And I love this. Balaam immediately answers her. And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now would I kill thee. Verse 30, And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay, so Balaam has this conversation with a donkey. And the, the interesting thing about this is that God has a unique way of getting our attention. God has a unique way of, of getting us to this point in our lives. And sometimes it happens in ways that we think are absolutely crazy. This is nuts. He's talking to a donkey. Like verbal communication. And the donkey talks to him first and he just immediately retorts back. This is nuts. But God is working. God is forming something in, him, in his life. Other times when we think it may not absolutely be crazy, sometimes we don't even realize that God's getting our attention. Balaam has no idea what's going on here. He just gets angry and starts beating the snot out of this donkey and saying, what are you doing? You are ridiculous. Stop doing this. My foot hurts and now you're laying down and I can't move you and there's all these things. And still other times I believe this. 
We may think it's crazy. We may not even know what's going on. But there are other times I'm positive we know exactly what God is doing in our lives. We know exactly what God is trying to do. Let me give you a quick example. Most of you would know the story of Jonah. Jonah was called of God to go to Nineveh and preach. And he said, no, I don't want to. And he goes and runs and finds a ship and jumps on the ship and gets out into the sea. And immediately it seems as if God brings up this storm and there's a huge storm going on and they're throwing things out of the boat trying to save the ship and all of these things. You know what Jonah says? It's my fault. He knew exactly what was going on. He said, I guarantee you when you toss me overboard, the waves will cease and the winds will stop. No, 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 we'll do something else. No, listen, guys, it's my fault. So you see, there are times in our lives we know God is speaking. We know God is working. We know we've made a dumb decision. We know we shouldn't have done that. And Jonah was the same. I'm not sure why Balaam didn't pick up on this. Maybe, maybe, I mean, he's talking to a donkey, so maybe he's dumber than we think he is. But listen, there are times when God is working on your choices, Working based on what you did. And he's trying to formulate and, and get you to a point. Notice God is getting ready to teach Balaam a serious lesson. A serious lesson. Notice what the lesson is in verse 31. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. What did he see? And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. Watch the lesson. Here it is. And he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. See, what's the lesson there? Here's the lesson. Humility. You see, the whole time, whole time, Balaam's over here doing what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, with very little regard for what God says. And he goes outside of God's will. And you know the first thing he does when he sees what God is trying to do is he's humbled by it. Falls flat on his face. He's, he's, he's humble. But the question may be asked again, well, what was Balaam's sin? Look at verse 32. The Bible tells us. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee. Here it is. Because thy way is perverse before me. You see, Balaam's problem was that his way was perverse. Well, what does that mean? Again, I looked up perverse in Strong's Dictionary. It says to hurl or to rush headlong, to be rash. Jump in with both feet, to, to head over heels, go in for this. Balaam's fault was the fact that he was rushing ahead of God. Why? Because of what he wanted. Man, the, the, the Bible's littered with stories of this. Abraham rushed ahead of God. David rushed ahead of God because of something that he wanted. Because of something that they wanted. They rushed ahead of God and we see over and over and over and over again. Listen, you can rush ahead of God, but it's not going to turn out well for you. You can rush ahead of God, but it's not going to turn out well. And here in Balaam, his donkey is constantly running into things and going out into fields and falling down. And he's saying, listen, what is going on here? And God begins to reveal himself to him. Balaam falls flat on his face, realizing what he's done. In humility, realizing that he needs to just slow down just a little bit. And wait for God. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 to 12, the Bible says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of His correction. For whom the Lord loveth, He correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. You see, God works and God uses your decisions to teach you. My dad, when I threw that stick, used my decision to teach me. I knew that no matter how angry I was, I cannot lash out in that anger. Based on what I got that night. And God does the same thing. He's going to use your decisions to work on you. Lessons are taught from the choices we make. Why? Because they reveal what is important to us. I believe Balaam was, was awakened to the fact. Oh my goodness. God is not as important to me as I thought he was. I realize now that honor and riches are more important than I thought they were. God will do this so many times in our lives. The problem is we don't ever realize it. And oftentimes when we don't realize it, we like Balaam, we get angry. God, why are you not doing what you said you would do? God, you gave me permission. God, you this. And we begin to get angry. And, and sometimes we get angry at those things that really don't have anything to do with it. I don't know why, but we often hurt the people that we love most. There would be times in my life where I get upset at some dumb thing and the first thing that I release my anger on is my wife. It's an absolute shame. But that's often what we, ha we do. God is trying to formulate something in our lives. God's trying to do something in our lives, but yet we take our anger and we get angry and we get angry at those people around us. What we don't realize here is that God is still working behind the scenes. Balaam couldn't even see the angel of the Lord. And God is working. God is trying to get us to realize our faults. God is trying to get us to realize how we are wrong and how we can make this right. And, and, and look at him. And I can almost guarantee you, when you begin to realize your faults and realize who God is, you will also fall flat on your face in humility and say, oh, wretched man that I am, as Paul said. You may be asking this. Pastor Owens, what in the world does this have to do with the children of Israel? And what does this have to do with conquering? I want to show you number three. The third truth about decisions we make is their focused walk. Their focused walk. You realize here that Balaam's focus changes. Look at verse 33. The Bible says, And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times, unless she had turned from me. Surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. Watch what Balaam says here. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. For I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. His focus changed. Listen. God, if this displeases you, I don't think it's an if. I think it was, this displeases me. I will get me back. Verse 35 is an interesting part of the story. And the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, 
that shalt thou speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Here's, here's, here's the point. God uses that decision that he made, and he transforms it into something great. We'll see over the next couple of weeks what God will do with that. Balaam is now more resolute than ever to do what God wants him to do, and we'll see that over the next week. In fact, if you want, go through the next several verses, even to the end of chapter 24, and see how resolute Balaam is. It doesn't matter what you'll give me, his focus changed. And now God's focus changed. His focus has changed from honor and riches to God and his will. Isn't that a spectacular place to be? Wouldn't it be great if we got our minds off of what we wanted and got our minds onto what God wanted? Folks, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. That's the way we're supposed to live. That's how we're supposed to be, but we have no idea what God is doing behind the scenes. If we just often do what we want to do and don't consult God and we don't figure out His way of doing things, then we will end up hurting many, many people. And we will end up not fulfilling God's will for our lives. Listen, you can run around, you can do what you want to do, you can talk the way that you want to talk, you can treat people the way that you want to treat them, you can live where you want to live, you can have the job that you want to have, but listen, if none of that is guided by God, you will miss out on what God wants to do in your life, and you will not be able to conquer. You will be just wandering in the wilderness. You'll be go, doing things and, and things will happen and your car will break down and things and you'll get mad and you'll get frustrated and you'll be like, why is this happening to me? Maybe because of the choices you made. And I'm not trying to say that every time something bad happens, you've made a wrong choice. I'm not trying to say that at all. Just realize this, that God uses your choices. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get you back focused on him. And here Balaam is getting that lesson taught to him. I believe this is even true with where we will spend eternity. I know many people, and I've talked to many people, who just try to make it to heaven on their own. They do it their way. But God has already prescribed a way. And perhaps He has you here today for a reason. As I look across this room, I believe I know everyone. And I believe I would be able to say that everybody in, in this auditorium is saved. But listen, I don't know, but God does. And maybe God has you here today for a reason. Maybe something happened this week and, and, and you're here for this reason. To get you to realize that just because you think you can do it on your own, your way is perverse. And what we need to do is we need to humbly bow to him and acknowledge that he is the way. We need to have a focused walk. It's easy to get caught up in our own free will. Can we this morning change our focus and look to God? Quit focusing on our earthly riches, but lay up treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You don't know how God will use you behind the scenes. We'll see over the next couple of weeks exactly what this transition in Balaam's life has done for the children of Israel.
Let's pray.